Do games lack creativity or imagination in their design? Many say modern games do, but this is quite a contentious topic, and I don't plan on answering this question in this video, as for the most part it's very much a subjective opinion. But I do want to discuss it, and I want to discuss it in a very particular context. A context of 1986. The reason for that is because of this. No, Christ, not that. This. This is Your Sinclair, Issue 5. For those outside of the UK, this was one of the most popular monthly magazines for our beloved ZX Spectrum, and along with Crash was one of my regular reads. This issue is from May 1986, which sounds pretty early in terms of video game history, but in the back we find an article by Iolo Davidson, although you could easily mistake it for Lolo Davidson given the font, so I'll use both just to spice proceedings up a little. No offence. None taken. Excellent! Anyway, the article entitled Backlash, which is a monthly opinion column in each issue, is slating the video games industry for the very same things we hear today. He begins with, Maybe I'm not the best person to judge, not being a convicted arcade addict, but isn't it all getting a bit same-ish? It seems that whenever any slight innovation in gamesware appears, and I can't actually remember the last time it happened, it's instantly submerged in a flood of Me Too's and sequels, and even sequels of Me Too's. Floods of rubbish are one thing. We don't expect all that much from the producers of entertainment products like television and pop music, so why lean on the computer games people? What I object to are the floods of high-priced identical rubbish. So he's not taking a dig at the programming skill from developers, simply their innovation, their creative vision, or perhaps more appropriately, the lack of publishing risk in the industry in favour of just cashing in on what already exists. Now this is a year, to name a few, where we witnessed such classics as Bubble Bobble, Rampage, Outrun, and The Sentinel which we look back on today with giddy-eyed amazement, and indeed at the time these titles were all raved about. Even OutRun as a racer had innovation in its split-track progression routes. Indeed, if you look at every year in video game history up to today, you'll find astonishingly good, incredibly creative games from every single year. But it's evident that people often focus on the negatives rather than the positives. After all, nothing beats bad news, right? We're always going to have critiques, ready to slam a particular industry for not living up to their expectations. But maybe Lolo had a point, even back in 1986. There were hundreds of titles released in that year alone. In fact, World of Spectrum alone reports a whopping 1,973 titles. So how many of these were high-priced identical rubbish? Well, undoubtedly there were a fair few. A thriving industry is always going to have people trying to cash in, and usually this involves copying where others have already laid foundations, but it's up to reviewers and general consumer opinion to weed out the crap. But Lolo seems to be taking a stab at bigger producers. Now that top flight games cost at least a tenner, no one seems willing to try out a theme unless some other company has already had a success with it. His point is that developers and publishers were already playing the safe card, even in the mid-80s, which seems pretty reasonable. 
I mean, people usually get into development for creative freedom, but companies exist to make profit. So if the public demand a type of game they're already familiar with, then why not churn out more titles? It's easier, quicker, and it's what sells. And that's the thing, isn't it? If these appalling lack of new ideas are selling, then why wouldn't you continue making them? It feels to me that there's always innovation in gaming. Developers and creatives would just be bored doing the same old stuff, and that boredom would start to show in the software, leading to fewer sales. It's the same with bands, they often change their sound over the years simply for creative freedom. Doing the same thing over and over just becomes soul destroying. It feels to me at least that there's always just the right amount of innovation compared to duplication, and it feels like this because demand should naturally balance this out. There's always going to be periods where a particular type of game is king, and it just so happens we're witnessing a prolonged first person blow brains out of people period of time. But who the hell cares, it's bloody fun. So what's the beef? Well even back in 1986 the video game industry was more than 10 years old. So it's not a shocker that the level of innovation seen at the start had to drop off to some degree. And maybe this was the gripe stirring in Iolo's belly. He writes, maybe there just aren't any new ideas. I think really new ideas look wrong to established producers. Which we know in the face of risk is true, but it's nowhere near as bad as we often make out. With a sarcastic tone, Lolo continues, The charts have been dominated by a series of games based upon the ancient oriental arts of punching and kicking. Also the more domestic art of just punching. The fact that so many of these games have found a willing market is particularly disappointing to me, not merely because they're all the same, but because the basic idea is nasty and uncivilised. The more you read these words, the more it feels like our writer is concentrating on the things he doesn't like, rather than the swathe of alternatives that he perhaps might like. And he goes on to write, Young people with little experience of genuine violence might end up with the idea that it's exciting rather than painful and debilitating. To be fair, this guy does claim to have been shot in the face. But it's hard to look at Spectrum graphics nowadays and think that anyone could connect this on-screen experience to the real world, especially with the amount of horror and gore we have nowadays. Do we really believe that International Karate's barely perceivable fists prompted school kids to smash their friends in their faces? After all, we know pain is pain despite the reactions of our on-screen avatars. But perhaps we've just all become more desensitised, perhaps we've become equally desensitised to originality in games, although clearly taking a brief look through Steam's green light queue will show us otherwise. But what I generally think is that if you look hard enough, the human brain will draw all sorts of patterns to fit a particular mood. After all, our brains are pattern recognition machines. And if you want to, you'll find something you don't like wherever you look. Maybe when we start to play video games we see innovation everywhere because everything is brand new to us. But as time goes on we see patterns in the games we play which hark back to games gone by. And it's this which triggers innovation rage. What's clear is that people talking about lack of innovation in games isn't a modern thing. It's been going on since the dawn of gaming. Well, lunchtime at least. Opinions will cancel other opinions out for all of eternity, until we're just left with raw fact. And that fact is there's a shed ton of games to play on a huge variety of systems, and the genius behind them blows me away every single time.
Perhaps we, like Lolo, just like diversity in top 10 gaming charts, to provide warmth that the human race isn't as subjectable as we all know it is. In any case, I'm off to find things I do like and to play some new and creative games I find appealing. To be fair, it would take me a lifetime just to get through the Spectrum titles of 1986. I hope Iolo did the same before the year was out. Thank you for watching this short off the cuff video. If you want to see more then click a video there. You can subscribe or even contribute to my Patreon to help keep my channel going. In any case, I thank you very much for watching and I hope you have a great evening.